What other company has grown like that other than Amazon? And when we start tracking and putting currencies and different deals over Amazon, the only ones that come close are cryptocurrencies and NFTs with a trajectory. Like Amazon's an Amazon for a reason, right? It was such a blue ocean category leader. And this is what's happening in this space. We're seeing that same sort of opportunities. And I was in a meeting in LA, and this is one of the things they showed were the graphs over and over again compared to Amazon and this NFT space is really reacting the same way. So it's an opportunity for all of us to have even kilter. Like we all have the same playing ground to play in the NFT space. None of us had the same opportunity to be Amazon, but we do have the opportunity here to jump in and see what can you do and what can you make the best for you and for your brands and for your life. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. What do the blockchain, digital art, exclusive access, the frontier of business and life as we know it have in common? This tiny little concept. It's not tiny at all. It's actually massive called NFTs. NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens. And if that sounds like a foreign language to you, then you are exactly in the right place. I became interested in this notion of NFTs when I started to hear the terminology everywhere. Any conference I was going to, there was always one speaker talking about the future of that industry and the role of NFTs. And as I started to see more and more of these conversations happening, I realized I needed to get more and more curious about what they are and how they can impact my business and how they are going to universally affect our life. Now, we are in the very early adoption phase of NFTs, but they are already proving to be a compelling part of the business models of forward thinkers in a variety of industries. When I first started to hear about NFTs, I thought these were referring simply to this idea of virtual art in a meta universe, in a whole entire world. I had no interest or bandwidth to engage in. But what I've come to realize is that NFTs are actually something that transcend both the metaverse and real life. And they are something that all of us are going to want to be aware of. In fact, there's something that all of us are going to engage in at various points throughout the course of our life. Just like we could not understand how a bank card was going to give us access to our bank accounts in the future. I remember as a kid going into the bank and there was that section in the middle with all the different forms you had to fill out before you could go to the counter. Like you had the little book that recorded all of your transactions. We couldn't even wrap our head around how that entire experience was going to move onto a plastic card in our wallet and now onto our phone and now onto our watch. NFTs are going to change all of our respective industries in that way. And so to facilitate this conversation, to have this conversation in a credible capacity, I needed to find a resource and an individual that I knew that I could trust. Lee Richter is my guest today. She is a serial entrepreneur. She has been named top 100 business leaders for seven years in a row and the top 100 fastest growing businesses in the Bay Area. 
As an entrepreneur since the 90s, Lee has built and sold several multi-million dollar companies. She is part of the Forbes Business Council, and she has been researching, engaging, and teaching on cryptocurrencies and NFTs for the last several years. She is a sought-after speaker in the NFT space. And for this interview, she was coming to me from a home in Maui she has access to because she owns it through fractional ownership of NFTs. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds and is super cool. Despite the super cool NFT access to her home in Maui, we had some real world internet delays. And so we've done our best to clean up this conversation and interview, but Lee is such a sought after speaker that there was no way we were going to record this or find another date. I wanted you to have access to it now. So without further ado, we are going to tell you everything you need to know to get started and curious about NFTs. It is truly my pleasure to introduce you to Lee Richter. Lee Richter, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Oh my goodness, thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And I love that you're bringing such great ideas to your audience. Well, this is something I I fancy myself an early adopter. And yet I also have this technique for managing uh, my stress, which is when there's something new or something big, I can literally compartmentalize it and move it to the corner of my world. And that is exactly what I have done with cryptocurrencies and NFTs and that entire realm. And now it is bursting at the seams of my life. And so as, as I was attending to that, uh, that sentiment in my world, I went, if I'm feeling this way, I know that so many of my friends and colleagues and listeners are going to be feeling the same way as well. So I want to have a conversation about NFTs and I cannot think of a better person on the planet to bring that conversation to us. So Lee, I'm wondering before we jump in, because I know you two are bursting at the seams to talk about NFTs. Can you share with my audience a little bit about yourself, your history? I know you are just a serial entrepreneur, but how you got to this point where you like, you're as excited as I am to have this conversation today? Well, the NFT piece I love because what it does is it allows us to connect with the people who are in the right place at the right time to work with us. It's just a really great way to expand our business, but really choose the people we want to have come along with us. And yes, as a serial entrepreneur, that's what it started with. In the beginning, I learned the basics of business, finance, and marketing. And then I put those things together with a little PR and started building brands. And a lot of them are in the pet-related field. And my husband, Gary, is part of that. And we have a holistic vet hospital and products and different things we've done. And now when I look at the NFT things, I think, how does it affect my brands? How does it affect my life? How does it affect my business and you know community? And so that's one of the things that brings us together is that not only do we have the entrepreneurial spirit and, and you know we're curious how this is going to affect our business, but how is it going to affect our life, our day to day transactions that we do? You know, from going to the airport to you know renting a car to staying in your favorite place in Maui. Nice. I want to unpack all of these pieces because when I think NFTs, I am not, and I I can usually cross pollinate my thinking. I'm not there yet. And I want to be by the end of this conversation. So just so that everybody is on the same, same field, 
what is an NFT? I'm going to start with the five reasons to NFT for me. Okay. And this is me. I'm not giving investment advice. I'm just throwing out ideas and I'm applying to my own brands. The five reasons to NFT for me are number one, to make sure something's authentic and real. People have sold cars and real estate. You buy this NFT, you own this real estate. You buy this NFT, you own this car, but it's on the blockchain. It authenticates that it's real. It's a real transaction. It's transparent. So that's number one is authenticity. Number two is access, which is really my number one favorite thing, which is access. How do you give someone VIP access? How do you give them exclusive access or advanced access? Now, we've all experienced that when we buy tickets to a concert or a play, we get a ticket. It's often texted to us at this point or emailed to us. It's a digital form of a specific time at a specific place you get access. And some people might get a VIP access and go behind the curtain and be able to meet the stars of the show or meet the band if they want, you know, and some might have exclusive access where they go on the plane with the band. So that is a big reason to NFT. So, you know, number one is authenticity. Number two is access. Number three, you get to also do things like fractional ownership. So I'm in a place in Maui right now. I own four months out of the 12 months out of the year, right? So each one month is a fractional ownership. But I own four of them, so I can share them with other people. I can send an NFT out to stay here one night or two nights or five nights as my guest or as a participant in an event or whatever I want. I can create an NFT and create an experience for them and give them access through a fractional piece of it, uh, ownership for a specific amount of time. But you can do that also. You can own this 12 months a year and you can give it to someone else for one month a year if you want and, and put terms in that for fractional ownership. So licensing is another reason why people want to be part of that is creating an opportunity to license something. So when I'm working with my friend, JJ Virgin, Keto's all the rage these days. She works with a a group called Mindshare, which are all these doctors from around the world that are incredible at doing what they do. Well, they're not great at running a business always or giving VIP access, but they're great at being doctors. Well, through an NFT, we can create a VIP access program. Maybe they sell 12 a year. They issue 12 or even 20 if they want VIP access NFTs, each one individual. Someone can purchase that. And when they purchase it, they can have a specific time they sign up. And now it's a transaction that is authentic. It's identifiable. And they get actual exclusive access to whatever the VIP experience is. And the last one is utility. What can you build in the whole thing that makes it valuable to the community, to the person who owns the NFT, to the person giving it. So if I use Tom Bilio, or if I explain how Gary V looks at things, Gary Vanderchuk, is they're building community over a length of time. And the utility built in is what can people access by owning that NFT? And for example, I have two of them from Tom Bilio. Each one of them was about $6,000 at the time when they were for sale. So when we went to buy it, we got two of them for the utility. And in the utility, it has all different access points. And it has also ways that I can partner. I can pitch an idea to him directly. But he built it as a 30-year utility map, which means the people who purchase it are on this journey with him for decades to be in impact theory, to be part of the university, to be part of the learning, to have access to future NFT drops. So he's creating like this group of raving fans to come with him. I laugh at the idea of 10 to 20% of opt-ins and success 
click-through and purchase rates. We're happy with 10 to 20% as marketers. We're like, that's a success. I think somewhere in the metaverse, we can look at it more like 80% engagement and 80% because the people coming with them pay to be in the cool kids club. And so they engage more and they are participating more. So it actually can turn into a much more meaningful relationship. So as a marketer, I'm like, wow, this is really special. Not only do you bring your favorite people with you, but those who come with you are actually engaged because they like being part of the community. So I'm witnessing in many places, my friend Garib Seamus started Comic-Con and he launched his first of 25 characters. And when he launched it, people wanted to come on the journey because it's cool, it's interesting, but they can also see the value of being part of this community from the beginning, being part of it long-term, having fun in there and having access. What's Garib going to give them access to is the original NFT holders. So he's created a way to make it really fun, but also see the utility into the future of why to be involved. So those were five things. Did you catch all five? I think I caught all five. And so here's my here's my like green NFT or question. What is the difference if we use these examples of community? So you know, I run my masterminds and I've got these different pieces in my ecosystem. What is the difference between what you just described and me saying, okay, I'm gonna let 12 founding members into my um my mastermind. And if you're one of the 12 founding members, uh, you'll get access to the following things for life. You're selling it already, which is great. So it's it's really nice to have this thing where it's not adding more work to you. But what it could do is add a bonus to you. Number one is transparent. These are my 12 members. Number two, when they graduate, they get a certificate of completion from you that validates they really did the work and they're associated with you. This is so important that UC San Diego just launched that every single student who graduates will be getting their diploma by NFT, but also their transcripts via NFT so that they are in control of it and it's validated that it's true. And so you're going to see other universities fall suit with, hey, we're going to issue an NFT for validation of them completing this. Because now, if I want to prove to you as my employer or future employer that I did finish that course or I did get that diploma or that certification, now I could just go to my wallet and go leerichter.eth. Look in there. You can see all my certifications, my awards, things like that. I'm actually in the process of putting some of those things up there to validate that I've accomplished the things I've already accomplished. Why not take a picture of my diploma, put it up there and say, this is my actual diploma. And I validate that, or it is validated that I finished that course. So now schools and people like you can also do the same thing. They could say, go to my wallet. I have LeeRichter.eth. I recommend people get their own name. It's the .ens. Ethereum naming service where you go and get your name. And that's one of the things we cover in our course is how to go do that because it's so important. I'm actually getting them for people as gifts now, just their name.eth so that they own it. It's a really good gift, actually. It's something that they might not know the value today, but later it'll be maybe their .com in a way, uh, depending on how they deploy it. The point is this, how do you show the pain points of what is going on For you giving an event, there's several that I've learned from JJ Virgin and other people, which is number one, refunds. When someone buys an NFT and they buy the experience, it's a finished transaction. That is a pain point for someone who's giving events and giving their heart to have to go back, undo a transaction, and then have to redo it with someone else to fill that space of 12 or complete that circle. Now you actually have a built-in sales team because like JJ might have 100 people part of a group, but have a special event for only 20. And those 20 by NFTs, well, if someone can't go, they can sell it to the other 80 that didn't make it in. So now they have their built-in sales team to pay it forward. They could even sell for more 
or they can donate it. They have all kinds of options, but JJ doesn't have to be part of the conversation now of, I can come on Friday night and it's Thursday at 8 p.m. Like she's already preparing for Friday. She doesn't need to have conversations of why people can't come. If they can't come, they have the option to sell to somebody else in the group and somebody that's been approved by JJ in the first place. They could be on a wait list, right? So now you have the option to have a beautiful transaction, it be transparent, but also the people who own the NFT have the rights to either resell it or issue it or whatever it says in the smart contract. That could be very valuable to someone like JJ, just to be able to focus on the event instead of the people who can't show up. She's focused on the people who can. So that's one pain point. Another one is how do you protect your assets? How do you protect your reputation? Having it transparent in your gallery right now is a way of doing that. This is proof that I went through these courses. I worked at Merrill Lynch. I Whatever it is that you want to put in there, um, even if you want to bestow it on your students, your students take your course and at the end of 12 months, they've finished round one. You can create an NFT for them. They put in their wallet and it validates your impact on them. But also, not only are they proving you, but they're also their validation that it was worth their time, their energy. It's almost like a, a testimonial as People are looking up how many people have you in their wallets is going to be beneficial. You see San Diego is counting on it. So gone are the days where I just go and update my LinkedIn profile and hope that no one does a background check. We're going to have a different transparent tool. That is part of this. For, for all of us, it's going to be more transparent, more real. And gone are the days where you can't back it up because it can be backed up with your NFT in your gallery. And that could be linked to your LinkedIn, by the way. Now you're getting that on your website and LinkedIn and saying, Hey, look, this is true. I, I love sharing the fact that I graduated with my PhD from you know XYZ. They get to put it up. We get to see who who's real also at the same time. What's an example of, of an NFT that people may have previously encountered in the quote unquote real world? Like just to give people an idea of what we're talking about when we say non-fungible token, is there a real world example we can just draw everyone to where they'll be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Well, the first one would be having a ticket to like a concert and getting that QR code or that barcode where you go in and they scan it and they show you your seat and you sit in the seat Sunday at 6 p.m. You have row one, seat one, right? That is an NFT. That's actually a piece of access to a specific time, specific place, one of one. Let's look at the opposite, which is a fungible token, right? The opposite of a one of one at this event access for that moment. Now is what is the most fungible token is the US $100 bill. That is seen as the same value throughout the world and done in multiples. And so if you think about it, it's the opposite is you put the value on it. When you exchange to buy a ticket for Ticketmaster to go see Lady Gaga and sit in front row, your ticket might have cost $600, but you could for 600 more have VIP to backstage. So now you have the VIP access ticket and you pay for that and they text it to you or email it to you. And you have that piece of access during that period of time. It's a contract that's been done between the seller and the buyer and the buyer by paying for it has determined the value. The seller determines the value and the add-on fees and the sharing fees and the parking fees. They do that. And we acknowledge the value of it by paying for it. And so you can do that with anything. You know, that's the whole thing in this transparent marketplace with the NFT, whatever you build in, if someone's willing to pay for it, then that's the value of it. For example, I used uh, an NFT to do a special VIP dinner in Napa Valley, right? And it was a table for 12. 
I sold 10 NFTs for people to come VIP access, have great wine, great food, great experience. And it was $1,000 each at the time. We converted it to how much ETH it was and we put them up. And we did nine at the price of a thousand each. And we did one at the price of 2000. And I figured that would be the last one sold and kind of like the booby prize for whoever didn't take action first. But indeed, do you know what happened? That was the first one sold. And I called the person who bought it. And I'm like, you realize the one you bought was double all the others. Yeah, but that's the one I wanted. It was the best picture. It was a golden egg and I wanted the golden egg. Everyone puts their own value on it. To them, it was worth it to spend 2000 to get the picture they wanted and the experience. Now she owns that picture. And to her, it was meaningful to have the golden egg more so than the extra $1,000. And I said to her, you know, you don't get anything extra. She goes, oh, but I did. I already did. So it's all perspective of the value that the seller and the buyer determine in the transaction. However, on blockchain, that is now the formal transaction that's done and verified. And that's what makes it so valuable is now it's registered forever on the blockchain. It's authentic. The authenticity of it is a big piece of it. And when we talk about these things like art, that is an NFT, are we strictly talking about digital art or are we talking about physical art at the same time? I think this is one of the areas where people are having a hard time wrapping their head around it. They're like, am I investing in a in a metaverse? Am I investing yeah. in the in the quote unquote real world? I think that's the separation that that blocks a lot of people from understanding this conceptually and the technology that's connected to it. That is such a good question. It does seem like there is a distinction. And what I found is they can be melded. So part of what can happen is someone can have an original piece of art. If they own the art and it's theirs, they have to own the IP to reproduce it into an NFT category. You can't just own it and say, oh, I'm doing that. However, you can sell an NFT that says when you own this NFT, you get the original piece of art delivered to you. You can have a transaction like that. They've seen it in real estate. They've done it in Florida where you buy this NFT, you own this house. They've done it with cars. So the thing is you could do it for anything. You build anything in, it's verifiable. And when the last person holding it turns it in, then the transaction is complete where they get whatever it says in the smart contract. Mission complete. The beauty of art, I'm going to blow your mind a little, so follow along for this, okay? The beauty of art is this. For physical art, for music, for any art, normally the first time it's sold is the time the artist gets paid. And then maybe a gallery owns it and they resell it. And by the way, that person can bring it back in five years up level and they can resell it again and they can resell it again and they can have people changing their art in and out. And all of a sudden they're getting paid every time they sell the art, but the artist is left out of the transaction. Now what happens beautifully and why artists love this so much is because in the NFT transaction, they can build themselves in forever. They can build it in. So 300 years from now, their heirs are still getting a percentage of that art being sold, whether it's music or physical art or digital art. So if you look at digital art, We've already seen explosion in value way more than some physical art ever could get to. We've seen digital art over $69 million by Beeple, which was March of last year. Beeple was just on um, The Tonight Show two nights ago doing a live piece. He says it normally takes him two hours. He did it in one hour. And, you know, it's worth hundreds of thousands, if not you know millions of dollars right out of the gate. Live piece of art with Jimmy Fallon, you know, the first time ever. And somebody's going to want that piece of art, not only digital, but to be able to reproduce it. So if your smart contract allows you to reproduce it, you can have many lives of that art if you own the IP to it. 
So let's give you an example of that. Could you please? If you're looking at Board Aped Yacht Club, or if you're looking at the things that are really making the news in the NFT world, a lot of what comes with it is opportunities for people to reproduce the image, make merchandising out of it and different things. So now their digital piece of art has a life of its own in all different manners it can be used. One of my clients leased the use of or licensed the use of two board apes. And with that, they're creating a whole merchandising and gaming and a whole bunch of things for an entire industry. And it's just by having access to that and being able to reproduce it. And for the novelty of it, the audience is excited about it because they get to wear the board ape and be, you know, part of this little community. So there's many, many ways that people can take the digital and turn it physical or take the physical and turn it digital. So it is interactive based on the smart contract, what you get for it. And when you say digital art, is this art that is created digitally, but I can hang it in my house? Or is this digital art I've just purchased that exists in the wallet on my phone? So the digital art piece generally will exist in the wallet on your phone. Yes. And actually, I've seen people put up um, framing in their house and on their computers where they can run their gallery of art. So there's different ways you can show that art. Even people have done it projectors. We have a few friends that are already billionaires in this marketplace. And one of the ways they have parties at their house is they show their NFT collection through a projector on a gigantic wall. So people can be creative as much as they want. And with the resources they have, they can do almost anything. Most of the time when you buy your digital art, it's about the art and the smart contract in that if you own the IP and you can go and print it, you can print it, you can make a hat out of it, whatever you want. It's up to you and what you want to put in your smart contract for the end user to have. Or when you buy it, look and see if you have the rights to do that. Okay, so we're about to talk about smart contracts. And then we're going to talk about wallets because there's lots of cool terminology you're throwing around that I want everyone to be on top of. But here's what I'm taking away from this is that a huge part of the value and the and the push in this industry actually comes down to satisfying this like historical need in humans, which is status. Like what role does status and our need as humans to have it play into and drive this this industry the way it's being driven right now? That's interesting you bring that up because just today I was on a call at 6.30 a.m. One of the things we looked up was somebody else's perspective of all the reasons to have NFTs. And I gave you five of them earlier with access being my number one favorite. And I look at it as access all the time. That's always the way I want to go in. However, somebody did bring up there is a status along with this. And I am seeing that. I saw my friend Joe Polish by two board apes because he wanted to make sure that he was part of this. And actually, he's done even better than that. He's he's created an entire town and launched NFTs with Nick Peterson, who is absolutely phenomenal at predicting things and trends. And so seeing these collaborations pop up has been so interesting. So a lot of this is collaboration too. And you get to collaborate with the cool kids because here I am collaborating with the people at Comic-Con. Here I am collaborating with people in the golf industry. And these are like the coolest people ever. And because they're so creative, they're thinking of ways to do NFTs for their audience. They're already doing it. Like I see Garib, they have 14 artists creating original art. They're having a hundred families of different characters coming out and 25 main characters that are launching. And I just see like all this creativity and all of this like excitement, but also value. Like they're taking people on a journey. They're creating an 
a group of people that are interested in the same things, not only the art and the superheroes, but they're also seeing ways to improve their own lives, right? And one of Garib and I, one of the things we talked about way back when, when he was here in this place in Maui, which was November, a year and a half ago, we created this business plan on what would it be like to bring out new characters? And one of the things that um, we came up with is when people create characters of themselves, they have a way of creating hope for a better future. And we were down during a pandemic and all these people were in victim and scarcity mindset. And what we realized is, oh, if we can help them see the superhero in themselves and their family and choose these characteristics, we give them hope for a better future. And so we were so inspired that we created a company, created all these different ways to reach an audience and Garib and his team Scott Donnell and other people have now taken it to the next level where they've already launched their first NFT project. It's called Kumite. And I definitely think people should go check it out because it's creative and fun. And the people who love superheroes, they get to go on this new journey together. I definitely have a secret whitelist where I can invite a few people. So if you get a hold of me, I'll make sure you're on it too. So you can check out Kumite from the inside. And what happens is now you come on an experience as a founder. And when you come on the experience as a founder, you can see how they're creating this really interesting community, more so than I've ever seen any other way, unless it was in person. But how can you see tens of thousands of people in person? The next best way is creating this metaverse together. Watching Garib do it has actually been a lot of fun. I'm fascinated by all of these things. And and, and I think the part that I find most interesting uh, with a, with just a just strong background of, of working with people and in medicine are like... What are the historical drivers of human behavior? And I think one of the things that just sort of brought this to the forefront for me was I just came back from Italy and walking through Rome and so many of the conversations around the placement of buildings and warehouses were and why they did things. It all came down. It all came down to status. And throughout human history, this, this is, this is a tenant, a human tendency that has uh, that has held true. We see it and we see it now. We see it with social media. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated by the way that we have found a new technology for us to be able to bring this concept. And I don't mean it in a derogatory way around status. I, I, I think that I just think this is part of human nature and it's driving innovation. And I'm, uh, I'm super fascinated by it. It is driving innovation. Yes. A hundred percent. We're, that's why we're going, trying to go to the moon and we're doing all the things. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why innovation is driving it. Well, I look at Peter Diamandis, who, you know, started mining asteroids. And one day was just an idea. And another day was like teams of people going and executing an idea. So it is innovation that drives so much. I'm glad that you're curious about this. It is just the beginning. When people start out, the, the best thing to do is start for you personally and look at what what do you want to accomplish? Is it just being curious and understanding the system? Is it going and actually buying your first NFT, getting a meaningful NFT so that you can get started? Think of it as a gallery where you get to start something fresh and new. My friend Scott Donald was helping kids with financial literacy and starting with resumes. And I'm like, how about we start with a gallery where they get to collect art or superheroes or whatever is important to them. And then we will have one piece where they can build their resume at the same time. So it doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun. But in the end, they get what they want, which is support for their best future self. So looking for what turns people on, but supports the community to be even better, right? Have it be meaningful, have it be valuable, have it be impactful, 
for the better good. And I think that's what we get the opportunity with the most here is not only there's no give back, it's give forward. It's really like, let's look into the forward. Let's bring to each other together. Let's, you know, create the systems now that make us happy and then, you know, have the biggest, most positive impact. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, just for my listeners, so they have some context, Lee and I are in a mastermind group together. So she did a presentation to everybody and, and has this course. And I was like, I've got to do the course. Like, this is so interesting to me. And so every morning, Lee, I don't think you know this, you spend uh, an hour with me while I'm making my kids breakfast and their lunches. I have my ear pods in, no one else is around. And I, my husband comes out in the morning and I'm like, all right, here's where I think we can go with like NFTs in this business or this business or this business. So it really, it is, it's such a compelling piece. And for people to understand it and to kind of step into that next realm, there's some basic vernacular that people need to understand. And I think just have some context around. So there's two things that you mentioned that I'm wondering, you can just just bring us down to earth on these. The first is, what is a smart contract? And then what is a digital wallet? What are we talking about? Excellent. Well, the digital wallet, I'll say first, because you need that. A digital wallet is where you convert your, if you're in America, it's US currency or whatever currency you work with, they call fiat currency. You convert that to the currency to trade inside the NFT marketplace. Generally, that's going to be, especially when you start, it's going to be Ethereum. And it's symbol ETH. And so the first thing you need to do is have a wallet. I use Coinbase to start public company. It's ironic because we talk about decentralized companies, but then by them being a company, they're not a decentralized, but it's one that you could trust and you can go in and you can convert money. It's pretty easy. And then you transfer that to a MetaMask wallet. That's what we recommend right now. We might change that in the future, but right now that's the simple way. And once it's there, you can come into NFT space and start purchasing or or investing and and buying the NFTs. Now, you want to take the path of least resistance, things that are proven. And so right now we're doing Coinbase to MetaMask, buy Ethereum, convert it, and then move it to your MetaMask. It can take up to 10 days. People have been surprised based on how much they're willing to pay in fees and different things. It could take a long time based on how many people are doing it at the same time. So give yourself time. Don't do it last minute to buy something on auction today. Convert it now so it's sitting there. If you do want to buy something on auction, you have it already in your MetaMask wallet. Now you can take your MetaMask wallet and connect it to a marketplace. We're using OpenSea. A lot of times OpenSea is the easiest. I've used other ones as well and other currencies, but this is the path of least resistance to get started today. Basically, you have the coins in your MetaMask wallet and you attach that to an OpenSea account. Once the money's there, you can buy and sell and have transactions on their on their platform. And what I'm going to say about OpenSea to let you know why to pay attention right now is OpenSea began in 2017 to be a marketplace and galleries for artists to sell their their NFTs and for people to come and buy and support artists and support different things that we'll talk about in a moment that include smart contracts. Do you know in January of this year was one of their biggest months ever and it's mind-blowing. So here it is four years later, five years, just, just about five years later, they did $5 billion in transactions in one month. What? Five billion with a B in one month. In 2017, think about what you were doing and how much you've accomplished. They did five billion in transactions in one month. And I'm like, of course I'm paying attention. What other company has grown like that other than Amazon? And when we start tracking, 
and putting currencies and different deals over Amazon, the only ones that come close are cryptocurrencies and NFTs with a trajectory. Like Amazon's and Amazon for a reason, right? It was such a blue ocean category leader. And this is what's happening in this space. We're seeing that same sort of opportunities. And I was in a meeting in LA, and this is one of the things they showed were the graphs over and over again compared to Amazon. And this NFT space is is really reacting the same way. So it's an opportunity for all of us to have even kilter. Like we all have the same playing ground to play in the NFT space. None of us had the same opportunity to be Amazon, but we do have the opportunity here to jump in and see what can you do and what can you make the best for you and for your brands and for your life. Why is Ethereum the currency of choice when we're talking about NFTs? Part of it is the stability of the blockchain that came in after Bitcoin and also the availability to be able to afford it more because it's a much lower price. There's a lot of reasons why people choose that for the NFT space. It's just the one of choice driving most of the sales in the different platforms trading. But there's other ones too. You know, we've bought other currencies inside of there. It's not always Ethereum, but Ethereum just seems to be the one most stable you can count on. It's been around. I actually met the CEO of the company in 2016. Ian just put a note in front of me. That's who you hear in the course all the time. He's like, and they started the smart contracts. Like they're the pioneers. And uh, that's an important piece as we're talking about smart contracts next is knowing that the smart contract is the trading of what's behind the digital art. So you could have a piece of art just like I did for that dinner in Napa Valley. I had 10 pieces of art, but behind it, it said, you get to come to dinner. Everything's included, even white truffles and red wine that's out of my cellar. So they got whatever was in the smart contract. Now, smart contracts can be like Gary V. Gary Vanderchuk sold $90 million worth of NFTs last year. And the reason he did is some of the smart contracts had access to him and his events. So one of the people paid $411,000 for one of the digital pieces of art called Empathy Elephant. The reason they bought it was not just for the piece of art, but because for the next three years, they get to be front row at his events and have VIP access. To them, that was more, more valuable than the 411000 Maybe they will be you know, having a collaboration in the future that could be multi-millions of dollars in benefit to them. Do you know also they could use it for the first year and if they want, resell it for the second and third year and give somebody else access like that, right? So there's all kinds of things in the smart contract that have benefit the seller and the buyer. What's best is when Gary Vee did that $90 million launch, he also received multi-millions in second, secondary sales of those same first NFTs. Now in the second and third sales, he's still getting a percentage because in the smart contract, it says 10 or 20% goes back to him. And whatever goes back to him, it automatically comes when it's resold. So if I own the Empathy Elephant, I don't. Um, but if I owned it and I wanted to sell that, I can't just say, I'm going to hang on to the art, but now you get, I'm going to let you go sit in my seat at Gary Vee's piece. The whole idea is that these two things are, are connected, that it is the token that represents that smart contract. Is that correct? It is. But when you resell it, you can make your own. You can say, you get to go to the events, but I, you can do whatever you want. Anything could be an NFT. They could, if they have the rights to reproduce and resell that, they can make their smart contract. But it should, if Gary Vee says next three years front row, then if they sell it because of front row, whatever they determine the value with the next sale is going to be what it is. But the part that Gary Vee has built in for his commission, 
for his, you know, royalty, that will remain intact. Okay. You can't expunge that piece from the entire entity. No, but you know, he could also be like, you can't resell this. You can also in the smart contract be like, this is a one time only, only you, that's it. You can build whatever you want in the smart contract, but it's determined between the buyer and the seller when the seller pays for it, that they take it with those terms. Lee, this is so this is so exciting. Like I I feel like I'm on the I'm on the precipice of of getting it and every time I hear you talk, I get it a little bit a little bit more. One last question for you before I move to the portion of our conversation uh, that I call our impact ingredients, a series of rapid fire questions. When I get to the marketplace on OpenSea, and I've got all the things I need to have in my MetaMask wallet. I opened my coin, my Coinbase account last week. What am I looking for? Like, if I want to make this investment and move, like, what am I buying? And how do I know that I'm making a smart choice? That's interesting. Get to know the communities and go in there. What's that? Uh, Ian's like, you have to take the course, of course. You know, I'm doing the, the course. It'll tell you what to do. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What I love is one of the things we want to offer is for, I've realized in the last few months, a lot of my personal friends have sent me a picture that's really meaningful to them, like a wedding picture or a family picture. Or one person sent me one when her divorce was final and she she called it her freedom picture. And so then I turn them into NFTs and then send it back to them and have the first one they buy for their gallery be meaningful to them because it's their picture. And I just do basically a cost. I think it costs somewhere around $50 total for them to do it. There is a thing to know, though, there is a thing called gas fees. So when you go to the platform to purchase your NFTs based on timing day and how busy the, you know, the highway is of them recording things, because it's actually two people confirming two different bots of people confirming that that is a real live transaction on the blockchain. So you pay gas fees for them to actually verify that transaction and put it on the blockchain for you. So depending on when you do it, how many other people are doing it, it could drive gas fees or the fees up. When there's big, big launches like Gary Vee doing a launch or anyone doing big launches, uh, the gas fees will go up because there's so much competition of everyone wanting to buy it right now while it's still available. A lot of the launches are 10,000 units and they could sell out now in minutes, uh, depending on, on what they are and how much buzz there is and how much you know following they have. I could do this with you all day. I know you've got busy things to do over there in uh, in Maui, Lee. I've got a few final questions for you that are going to take your brain in a different direction. I call these impact questions. It's just an opportunity for people to see a different side of you. So my first question is, if you are not currently engaged in this career, I'm just going to call multifaceted entrepreneurship, what would you be doing with your life? Hmm, I just love traveling the world. I think... I, my first job at 21, I got just so I'd make enough money to have freedom to travel. I love exploring and adventure. What's a non-negotiable for you in your life? I really love people in integrity who do what they say they're going to do. And so just being in integrity matters so much to me. Entrepreneurship. Are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs? It's a combination. I think we're born with a little bit of knowledge on how to be a visionary. Um, most of the people that are very good at, at being entrepreneurs, I see are really high level visionaries. I think my secret weapon is I have a high follow through as well, where I love systems and I love things in place. And that 
is different than a lot of entrepreneurs, but I think, um, yeah, just being that visionary is, is a born trait. And then we shine it up and, and mix it with the right ingredients of other people to support that visionary role, which are the people who actually get things done, right? The people who follow through and get things done, the researchers who know how to say what works and what doesn't. So having the right recipe of people in the right order um, helps us shine as entrepreneurs. So it's not only being the entrepreneur born with it, but it's the skills to have the people be on the vision with you. Absolutely. And last question for you, Lee, what do you want your legacy of impact to be in this world? Ooh, I love that. My number one thing is my daughter, Abby, is like really having her shine and be her best self and supporting her with that. I did launch a foundation called the Positive Impact Foundation. And so I do like just really, you know, leaving something valuable. I think the NFTs is a way of leaving a legacy that, like I mentioned earlier, that 300 years from now, people can see that transaction and see and even benefit from some of the, uh, you know, royalties of that transaction. And I just like the idea of creating value like that. Amazing. Lee Richter, you are up to so many incredible things. I love hearing you speak. I love hearing your ideas. And I am plowing through your NFT 101 course. Where can I direct people to follow along in your journey and learn a little bit more about NFTs as they go? First of all, I'm humbled and and it makes me want to do even better. Like as you're going through the course, I want feedback from you. I want what helps, what doesn't. Today you asked for more videos. So now I'm like, oh, I'm already planning out what kind of places we can put videos. So your feedback is so important. And I'm so grateful for that and that you're participating like you are. Uh, people can find me in a few places. One is Go Ask Lee, which is L-E-E, GoAskLee.com. And the other is nftswithlee.com, N-F-T, small s, nftswithlee.com. And those are like the two places where I have the course. I'm also going to start being really transparent with a lot of the learning that I'm getting from my team and putting up, you know, top five things that I'm learning every day in the NFT space. And I think that'll help people with their, you know, absorption of information because we filter through thousands of stories to get to the top five to know right now. And so I'll want to share that with you and your audience for sure. Amazing. Well, I will hook everyone up with all of these links and access to Lee. You can grab all of those at meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Lee Richter, thanks for joining me today. Oh, it is my pleasure. I'm so looking forward to being on this journey with you. We're going to talk offline about, you know, making sure you're set up just right. Thank you. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel, and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact. Impact.